You're listening to G4D, Grounds for Discussion, a weekly music podcast hosted by your two most caffeinated hosts, Adam and John. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a cup of coffee, and enjoy the following episode. So I have to ask, why are there all of these minion <laughs> Valentine's Day cards? Uh, why not? That's the real question. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. What is wrong with me? How dare I question? <laughs> On the podcast desk that I clearly, clearly need to clean. <laughs> I am so sorry for the mess. There's all sorts of goodies over here. We got a Mystery Science Theater moon <laughs> mug. Got my... Uh, blue man group guy who sits on a toilet and at the bottom there's a magnet so you can put like your paper clips and stuff what else do i have on here a measuring tape measure tape labyrinth 30th edition on blu-ray which by the way is awesome no desks should be without it no not never completed without it and of course the most important part two cups of fresh hot coffee Mm, i'll drink to that amen cheers Mm. Mm. Ah, Adam, it's good to be back here. Good to be back here. Another episode of G4D, a.k.a. Grounds for Discussion. Discussion. He's Adam. I'm John. Sup? And we are drinking today Dave's Coffee. From Rhode Island when I went back in December. It's still good. And it's called Blind Pig. It's got notes of cacao, cacao, black cherry, and velvety. Ooh. I had a very fun time. And with and velvety? velvety? I don't think velvety is a thing. It's a it's an adjective. Smell the bag just in general. Oh my god, that's so good. I know, right? I uh, really wish we had one of these in Orlando. Me too. Me, me too. I like the their logo too. It's like simple and classic. Dave's. Yeah, they got a really nice store too when we went up in Rhode Island. Rip roaring and smashing good. Love it. I concur with that. Hmm. I also like their advice on the package too. Stay caffeinated. Hmm. Yes. Easy for us. <laughs> yeah, right. Please. We're experts at that by now. Anxiety? Just a little bit. Eh, you know. Just a little it's bit. It's part of the package. Good thing as therapy, we have music to listen to. And on this week's episode, we are going to be covering not one, but two albums yet again. First up, we've got the latest album from Gary Clark Jr., called This Land. And then after that, we have the latest album from Kalani. I think that's how you say your name, right? Yeah, sounds yeah. right. Yeah, sounds about right. Which is While We Wait, although technically I think it's a mixtape. Mm. Mm, yes, yes. The, you know. Well, that mixes things up for me then. Yeah. No. Oh, oh, does it? Oh, yeah. You just, just changes up how you're going to review this album? <laughs> exactly. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but before we dive in, wanted to kind of talk a little bit with you about the latest announcement of Record Store Day releases. Oh my gosh. There are some good stuff on it this year, and my wallet is going to hate me. Honestly, I feel the complete opposite. Oh. Yeah. Um, I think my wallet's going to love me because there really isn't that much I want this year. Interesting. There, There's a couple things that, that picked my interest, definitely. I would say the Death Grips album that was on there. Yes. 
Yeah, I can, I, I can I, go for more see, death cards. I think my wallet's going to hate me because the records that did look interesting to me are probably going to be the most expensive. Okay. So I know Mark Marin is making a WTF compilation of all the artists that have played mm-hmm. in his garage. And I have a feeling that one might be a little pricey, but... I would imagine so, because he's been around for a while. Yeah, but the Death Grips ones for sure. Oh, man, there's another one that was on there that looked really good. There's a lot of classic artists that'll be reissuing some things. Prince, Elton John. Uh, Let's see, who else? I think the Soccer Mommy putting out her first album, Yes, she is. That I might be interested in. Uh, Actually, the one thing that I'm interested in the most is the Twin Peaks Season 2 soundtrack. Yeah. So they've put out this twin peaks uh music on vinyl before first season actually was put out through mondo they even put out fire Walk with me as well and then of course they put out the soundtrack to the recent series the revival series on showtime they put that on vinyl on vinyl as well however they never put out the music for season two so i'm actually excited for this one because there were definitely some new songs that were introduced in the second season and those who are Twin Peaks fans will know how repetitive the music can be on that show in a good way, though, right? Yeah, like you know, some themes that come up time. I still haven't watched the new season. Oh, I can't wait for you to watch it. It is just something else. I I will one day finish it up. One day, someday, someday. Uh, But that's really the main thing that I'm interested in. Uh, There was a Bill Evans record. I mean, Bill Evans is always great. That might that I might be interested in, but I really can't think of anything else. And you know, there's the occasional picture disc release of um, a soundtrack, and I don't know. My record with, <laughs> no pun intended, <laughs> my record with picture disc renditions are very very bad. Got Blade Runner that one year, and while I was so happy to have Blade Runner reissued on vinyl. It was actually reissued for Record Store Day a couple of years ago. It's not a great edition. Just a lot of surface noise on that record. Mm. A lot, a lot of surface noise. Yeah, I see they're reissuing, or they're issuing a Bohemian Rhapsody picture disc this year. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Telling you, man, Queen is just trying to capitalize on their on their resurgence with this movie recently as much as possible. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just, I don't know. I, I get it. Yeah, I'm not going to blame somebody for getting their money, but man, I just feel like they're doing it without really any kind of recognition being given to Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Like whatsoever. It's just like Brian May and uh, John Deacon, not John Deacon, Roger Taylor. There you go. I think there's the headline and everything. They're just like, yeah, we'll take credit for it. We'll like to work on a movie. Exactly. Exactly. It was so weird seeing them sit in the audience with the rest of the Oscar hopefuls. Yeah. I think the weirdest part of the whole movie. Have you seen the movie? I have not. Oh, so basically they get upset for Freddie Mercury going solo. Mm-hmm. Yet in real life, they all went solo at the, around the same time and had solo records. And they made Freddie Mercury apologize to them for going solo, oh, basically. No. And I was like, really? Like, are you kidding me? Guarantee you that did not happen. I also hear no. in that moment in the movie that he works with like a different band obviously on his solo record yes and they're all like fumbling around with their instruments like they're really incompetent and it's like i don't think that would be the case either Mm, no yeah i i hate that kind of stuff in movies man i really really do just like 
I understand that, you know, you got to take shortcuts and certain things need to be changed for dramatic effect. But when they go that route, like you were just talking about, that's just painful to me. It's just so see-through. But yet there are going to be people who are watching that movie who take it as gospel. Yeah. Ugh, man. It's highest performance. What is it? Biopic? Yes. Yes. Unfortunately. I mean, I'm not surprised because people love Queen. But it kind of drives me nuts. No, nothing against Rami Malek. He's a great actor, and I'm sure he does a great role in that, um, a great job with that role in that movie. But I feel like, how do you give an Oscar to somebody where a majority of their movie is them lip syncing? Yeah, I, I, that's just kind of weird to me. That's it the Academy for you. Just doesn't click. But you know what does click? A metronome. Yes, that's what they are designed to do. You know right. who also clicks? You and I. Aww. You know what else clicks? Southern rock and blues. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting there eventually. You, you the, made it work. The, 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 the segue Maybe was like stalling a little of, bit. Clacking of boots walking on a hardwood floor. <laughs> there you go. In a bar. <laughs> the latest album from Gary Clark Jr., this land has arrived and Gary Clark Jr. is a musician who originally comes from Austin, Texas. He's got a mixture of Southern rock and blues going on. He's been compared to such icons as Jimi Hendrix and Stevie Ray Vaughan. And he's been in the industry for quite some time now. He really kind of started, I think he started playing guitar around 12 years old. Dang. And now he's really kind of breaking out with this new record and he's had several leading up to it he had an ep in 2011 that really kind of started propelling him you know into the mainstream more and he's just kind of become this new voice in this genre of music a genre that we have talked about recently on this podcast that kind of can be easily come very stale It's just very much repeating what's been done before in the past. And this album is kind of a major turn for him because, one, there's a lot of promotion behind it. He played on SNL recently, and he produced this album, and it's very political at points, and there's a lot of references to racism on this record. It's definitely a very more personal record from him. Like, this might be a record that gets him a Grammy nomination at the next Grammy, I think. Like, this is the record that I think propels him further. And he's already become very popular in his own right. But I think this is the album that takes him to another level. So, I know what I think of this album. But what does Adam think of this album? John, I'm going to be honest. This is is another Liam Gallagher. Not for me, mate. Not for (laughs) me, mate. I I really struggled. (laughs) Um, Okay. Those first two tracks... I felt like I was watching a DC superhero movie trailer. Which is funny that you should say that because he did a cover of Come, Come Together, Together yeah. with Junkie like, XL. It just jumped so many times. We talked about last year the Jack White album. Mm-hmm. I forgot what it was called. The, the Jack White album. <laughs> and uh, we both had very I different... I know which one you're referencing, we, we, we both had very different thoughts of it, on it. But uh-huh. I like that more than you did. And I have a feeling this is going to be the same with this album. But I just, the styles just jump too much. The, I, 
I'm not denying Gary Clark Jr.'s talent because he clearly has it, but I just felt like it just kept jumping from like sound to sound. Like it starts off with this big epic two songs and then it just kind of quiets down again. And then it gets reggae and then it gets like punk rock. And I'm like, what? Like pick a sound. And I've never listened to Gary Clark Jr. before. So this is my first album that he's done. And I, I see the blue style. I see the appeal. I just don't know like what he's trying to do sound wise. And I, I couldn't, it was a struggle. Well, you are <laughs> right, Adam, in that we are definitely going to disagree. Now, to what extent remains to be seen, keeping the folks at home in suspense. I definitely enjoyed this album more than you. And I think the reason I did enjoy it more than you was because I kind of was expecting that from the get-go. For me, I don't know. I don't mean to be all hipster here, but I'm going to be hipster here. I'm just not a big fan of overly produced rock albums. I like my rock to be raw. I don't like it to be nice and pristine and shiny. However, I think that in this case, from a studio, definitely well-produced rock album, this is one of the cases where it works more than it doesn't. No, I mean, I'm not denying the producing, the, the production, the sounds, the technical ability. I just couldn't do it. I, I get it. And I, just, I think your criticisms about a lot of different styles coming into play as the album goes along, that's completely fair. Will not disagree with you there because it starts out strong, in my opinion. It definitely seems like he's got like this really strong attitude right in the beginning, you know, saying like, F you, I'm America's son, you know, just kind of counteracting this racism that's just been really prevalent in our society today. And it seemed like that this was rock with a purpose. This was blues music that was just not going to be that like good old boy country music. No, and it's it's definitely not. Like this is a guy who's trying to cement his own place. And even though, you know, he may like his influences like Jimi Hendrix and Stevie Ray Vaughan, he recognizes that he can't just be another copy of them. At, at least I didn't think he was trying to 100% emulate them. No, I felt I like his personality still shone through here. Yeah, you can definitely see it. I just I just think it just flip-flopped all too much for me. Like I know I like experimentation and especially on something like Southern Rock, it's cool to hear and see, but I just couldn't get into it. I just wasn't feeling it. Don't get me wrong, this isn't going to be one of my favorite albums of the year, and I will definitely agree that this is not my typical listening you know like this isn't this isn't typically something i would listen to and i think the stuff he does add to this genre of music is what made it work for me there's definitely some personal references in there you know some references to having to deal with kind of the more racist elements of texas you know people driving with you know, Confederate flags on their mm -hmm. trucks and things of that nature. Um, and it just seemed like when the songs were about that, it worked because, it, you know, we talk about it all the time. We need that authenticity in our music. 
And when that's there, yeah, you definitely feel when his, this album works. Yeah, and you feel his energy and you feel his rawness and you definitely know where he's coming from and what he's trying to speak and do. I just, I think it just went from all these crazy highs to lows to reggae to punk music. I just couldn't like, it was, it was a struggle just because like, maybe I didn't like the theme overall of it and it felt not cliche per se, but just like, not that I haven't heard it before, but I just, something about it was like holding me back from like, okay, I can dig this. Like some of the sounds and production things, I think even having less production would have helped get that rawness across the board too. Yeah, I could see that. I, I think, you know, probably the biggest thing that's missing from this is consistency because I definitely wish it kind of like kind of, I don't know, maybe had a shorter album in the sense that like it was tighter. It was like, oh, well, you know, I'm a big fan of Chuck Berry. So I want to put out this song that sounds like Chuck Berry, you know? Oh, you know, I'm a big fan of like Elvis. There's one track later on that I felt like was kind of, you know, something that Elvis would do. And it's just like, ah, you know, I'm a big fan of this guy. So I'm going to do him as well. That's what it, felt like yeah he was just trying to appease too many styles and influences instead of just kind of focus on one and, and what makes him unique you know and obviously he's a very talented singer very talented guitar player but like i wish it was more of him emulating those styles than others i guess yeah and I, i'm not surprised we, we we don't we don't agree on this it just didn't bother me as much if i'm being quite honest with you I understand that like that this isn't the deepest record and maybe some Gary Clark Jr. fans out there would even argue that this isn't his best stuff. But I thought what is there is enjoyable enough in its own right. It's not particularly deep at some points, but the points where it is, I thought like, okay, I'm working with something here. This isn't the greatest. This isn't, you know, really taking me to that point of being very memorable or very much like you know, taking it to that kind of level where it's like, oh, this is th- this is something that is quotable and something that I can remember for years to come, because I because re- I really think unfortunately he peaks early on this album. Yeah, he puts his two loudest songs right at the beginning and just kind of steady decline from there. Not not in like best or worst, but just like hit him with a big intro and then kind of go back down and add more different styles. I think probably the reason why I did enjoy it was because we've gotten albums similar to this, but they usually don't have that much personality behind it. They don't try and do too many different things or they're just, Hey, I like Led Zeppelin a lot and I want to be Led Zeppelin 2.0. Like we get so many bands that just want to do what their heroes did. And I appreciate he's not just trying to do exactly that. The influences are there. Absolutely. Completely agree. But if it was just influences, I'd have a bigger problem with this album. But thankfully, he at least tries to put his own spin on it. And I feel like I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't recognize that. Because in the past, we've talked about that. And I feel like I need to acknowledge that here. This is at least somebody who has something unique about them. Does everything work? Absolutely not. I I completely agree. I think he needed more of a solid and cohesive vision throughout this. And the energy really kind of dies down on this, especially midway through. 
and I wish that some of the tracks had a bit more substance to them, especially when you compare to what happens earlier on in the album. It, it's definitely personal at points, and being personal is great. I think that's a good step in the right direction for any artist to do that, because when you get personal, you get real, you get authentic. But sometimes that's not enough when the music itself just doesn't offer anything really memorable. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I guess we can kind of jump to our final yeah. thoughts here. Um, I will agree. I'm in, in the sense that like, you know, it's not really our bag. Like if anybody who's listening to, who's been listening to us for a long time will know that like, usually this isn't our thing, but we, we try and vary it up. We try and challenge ourselves. I don't just want to knock an album for the sake of knocking it. I did enjoy this though, but not enough to come back to it again and again. It's one of those kind of things where I'd probably enjoy seeing this guy live. Yeah, it's a different atmosphere. Watching him actually play these songs would be cool to see. Yeah. Um, now, will I spend the money to go see him? I, that's That would be to, to be determined. But if I were given the opportunity to see him and I was given a free ticket, absolutely. I'd go and I'd have a good time. I appreciate what's there. And I think he's a smart and intelligent enough you know, musician and what he plays is good. It just needs to be taken to that next level for me. But what's there is still enjoyable and it's still much better than a lot of other albums of this type out there. I don't know if he's really going to reach the heights that he should and that his fans think he should if he doesn't really add more of that personality that has on a political front to the more fun songs that he does. So he knows how to be political. His fun songs kind of sound like stuff we've heard before. They're very scattered. They're very scattered. Yeah. They're very, they're very cut and dry. They're very surface level. And they're just one of those kind of things where it's just like, yeah, this is enjoyable, but it's forgettable. So ultimately for me though, I need to be fair and really, I'm going to go with a buy it on this. I think you bought this and you had this in collection in your collection. This would hit that right kind of mood for something bluesy that is modern. From a modern blues, rock, southern rock kind of sense, he's one of the better artists. He's just not one of the better artists to really move up like anywhere near the top of my list of best artists of the year. Fair enough. Um, I, I, I honestly, I really just struggled listening to this. I, I thought I was really going to enjoy it. I had heard such good things about it and just about Gary Clark Jr. in general. And while I do admit he's an amazing guitar player, he's a great vocalist. He, he knows how to write songs. I just think the structure and just the style just wasn't ultimately for me. And I really couldn't get into it. It's like, I kind of cringed at the beginning just because of those like big sounding superhero like songs. Like it's, it just didn't click for me as much as it did for you. And I'm not doubting his abilities to play guitar or sing or do any of that. I just couldn't identify with it. And ultimately for me, I don't think I would come back to it, but I do appreciate, you know, his contribution to blues, how, you know, we got to keep the genre going. And I think to play old blues stuff, you know, 
won't appeal to people anymore, so you got to have ways to freshen it up for the kids, per se. And that's kind of what I thought this was in some aspects. So ultimately for me, I'm going to give it a stream it. Okay. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And definitely a talented artist. And I'm glad that he's keeping that kind of genre going. Um, it just, yeah, he, 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 need, he needs to fine tune it for, for me. Now, to be fair, we have not heard his earlier stuff. Correct. And from what I've heard, his earlier stuff is better than this album. This album is him trying to blow up. And I think that will happen because he really doesn't, one, have that much competition in this kind of genre. And two... Anytime an artist comes out with this kind of style, there's always a group of people that just give them so much praise because... Yeah, th- this will be one that Rolling Stone gives five stars. Yes. And, you know. Because it's those... not really a common album anymore. Yeah. So, they, they don't make rock music they like sh- they used to. They sure to. don't. <laughs> I hate that Come Together cover, by the way. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't realize that was him. Jesus. <laughs> Like I said, I'm not doubting the guy, but like, oh my God, I, I can't do it. I, I just hate Beatles covers in general, though. I'm the same way, too. I'm the same way, too. I don't, the, the, there's just something that's lost along the way. And, I'm, and I don't just say that as a Beatles fan. I just think that, like, if you, oh, like, the good thing about Beatles was, like, at least that song come together. It's a guitar, it's a bass, it's a drum. That's it. If you add any more, it just gets overproduced, over zealous i feel like yeah and okay. then and then that's a problem with something like that and then you got junkie x hell uh, junkie x hell junkie <laughs> xl who can do some really bombastic music i don't know if you ever heard the score that he did to mad max fury road oh god like, yeah. it's like one of the loudest film scores ever which makes sense for something like mad max it's intense at points but yeah. you know well off to valhalla we go with the next record right here and quite honestly, I'm sure Oakland looks like Mad Max at some points. Nah, I'm just kidding. I'm I'm sure Oakland is nice. I've I've only passed through there on a train. But our next artist actually lived there. Kalani with her latest album, While We Wait. So Kalani, for those of you who do not know, she is a contemporary R and B singer and songwriter. And she's kind of grown up in the arts started out in ballet and you know was a young vocalist even in eighth grade and she even competed eventually on america's got talent at one point and she's really kind of developed into a futuristic kind of r&b player in the grand scheme of the genre and she had her first album in 2014 And recently, she had a very, very hugely successful album in 2017 with the album Sweet Sexy Savage. Now, this album, I've I've heard before. I haven't heard it in quite some time, but Mm -hmm. it is definitely a great album. And it even really propelled her really in the music charts. It landed at number three on the Billboard 200. So here you have an artist who has done quite a lot in her young career she's now 23 famous for you know having lots of tattoos on her and she's kind of really known for embracing what worked about her contemporaries and really bringing that in her own music here and i'm sure you kind of felt that same way as well 
And she's just really an overall emerging artist. And this album just kind of continues that trend. Now, it's kind of one of those short albums. It's nine songs, 31 minutes long. But it's just kind of further cementing her place in the genre today. And I think we might be more aligned on this album this time around. But think, I'm curious to see. I think you're correct because I did enjoy this one. Good. I'm very, very glad to hear yeah. that. It felt like old school TLC, Destiny's Child, kind of not going to take crap from anyone kind of thing. I know I've said that countless of times about some of these artists, but like you really feel like the step off my case on this one. And she's very aggressive and she's very honest and brute. And it the lyrics transfer over very well to the beats that she's putting on there. And I really liked it. Agreed. You know, there are lots of songs of heartbreak on here. But there's still a sense of optimism and signs of her having the strength to get through those kind of things. Man, oh man, does this album start out so strong with the track Footsteps. I love that track. There's just so much soul to it. You just really feel the moment there between a couple that doesn't want to break up, but they know they should break up. Mm -hmm. And I just love the fact that Kalani... She's 23 years old, but she's wiser beyond her years. Oh, yeah. And I think she's even actually pregnant now, too. I think she's due relatively soon. So you have somebody who is very adult in her own age and is very, very intelligent and takes her experiences of growing up with a lot of pain, unfortunately, through her childhood and really harnessing that for good in her songs. Like, this is definitely somebody who knows that she is good at what she does and knows that there's no oh, yeah. stopping she, her right she, now. She totally owns everything she does on this. I agree. I agree. There's just such a strong personality behind her music, and I really, really enjoy the fact that on every track on here, there's something really... There's just something just really identifiable with it. Like, these are catchy songs. Really, really catchy yeah, songs. Yeah, all the beats are really good. But they feel authentic. When an artist, pop, R&B, whatever genre it is, can be catchy and fun to listen to, but at the same time authentic, you've accomplished something huge. I really don't, I, I really don't have too much to complain about with this artist here. I loved the heck out of this, and I kept on coming back to this record quite a bit i love the fact that we keep on getting these strong r&b artists late, recently so we talked about kalela a couple years ago we talked about don richard recently like she joins those ranks of artists georgia the, smith georgia smith too as well like the fact that she's able to accomplish what she is at 23 years old is just astonishing it's like r&b has changed a lot through through the decade and now there's a lot of heavy beats, a lot of sampling to it, and I think it really works for the genre and takes it, you know, into the new generation of what it is and what it's becoming, and she definitely solidifies that new kind of style, so I'm really excited. All while at the same time definitely paying tribute in subtle ways, mind you, to people like TLC, Mariah Carey, all that is there. Yeah, she's got the flow and the voice, so... yeah. Like she, she, there was even some rapping on the second trap, Too Deep. Like, Too Deep is a track that you could totally being, see being sung by a 90s R&B artist. Oh, it's a total, that and Nunya. 
Yeah. Like, I just, I think that's astonishing to be able to capture the sensibilities from a different time era and make it work for today. I really, really enjoyed this album quite a lot. And you're, and going, going to your point about the beats, there's lots of hi-hats. There's lots of like, kind of like trap beats, but it never gets cheesy. Yeah. I never thought it was cheesy. It never, I mean, it's a little cheesy in some regards, but it doesn't hinder it. No, it's no. because there's other good aspects of it that, you know, keep it. I, I guess with the, with those kind of beats, sometimes they just seem it's very like, formulaic. Yeah. Not even the beats. It's more just like, you've kind of heard these stories before. Like I shouldn't be with this person, but it, she keeps it interesting and fresh. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I think it's, you know, some, some really smart songwriting too, as well. Like I definitely appreciate like the, there's a line in footsteps where she talks about like, I, I left some uh, tracks in the mud so you can follow me. Like I just, I think that's just smart songwriting there because it's like, I know I need to walk away from this relationship, but I'm kind of hoping that you'll follow me and I've left this path for you to follow. That's just smart songwriting right there. I love that line in there. And I think her featured artists here are yeah, really they're all, strong as well. Yeah, they're great. Um, you know, we got Ty Dolla Sign. I've never I, heard of Dom Kennedy before, but I really liked his voice. And I'm yeah, very me curious too. to check out more of that. Yeah, agreed. Music Soul Child was on there too as well. And then I don't know how to say this artist. I'm I'm just gonna say it. It's black but six instead of a B. Sick lack. Uh, maybe six lack. I don't, I don't know. I, I I have no idea. I, I just really appreciate that. This is someone who like I've gone through so many hardships and it sucks to be going through this, but I know I can get through this and I know I can come out the end a better person. Like that's my big, my biggest takeaway from this album is that like, I recognize that I want you, but you're not good for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to come out of this a stronger person because of this. like, you are not going to tear me down. I really, really appreciate that about her. And the fact that she can just be so mature enough to recognize that something at like 23 years old means that she's someone who's had to grow up fast over the years. Yeah. And Again, I, I know I talked about personality, but I love when I can tell a lot about a person through their music without having to read up on their biography. Like, I think that's just so cool. Like, this 23-year-old who's got, like, so many tattoos, like, she's practically covered with them, is going to be a mom soon and has done and has gone through so much pain through her life and uses it for good. I think that's just so great. I think that's just, you know really cool to see i've really really enjoyed this and i'll go right into my final thoughts right here um this is absolutely an own it right here and at 30 minutes you can't miss this this is someone who just keeps on going strong this might be a minor blip because it's not like a full album release but do not let this go by do not let this go under your radar because this is one of those kind of r&b records that I'm really going to keep on coming to, especially that first track. I can't say enough good things about Footsteps. Love that track so much. And I think she's just one of those kind of artists that's going to keep on getting even bigger, especially when she has that next full album. Like, this is a mixtape. This is her still having fun. Like, this is her keeping her name out there and staying relevant. And I think, you know, 
this just shows she knows what she's doing and that um sweet sexy savage which i hope i got that right <laughs> the album from 2017 i apologize but that it's just showing that like she's still growing and she's still building upon that cool yeah i, I really like this one too i think i'm might go a little lower just i i felt maybe not as strong but i would definitely give this a download and you definitely should listen to this it's a fun mixtape it's very quick it's definitely one of the better r&b releases of this year so yeah definitely check it out if you're looking for a good little r&b album agreed sir agreed all right so before we head out here um want to talk about next week i think we'll talk about solange's latest album she just dropped an album at midnight tonight yep we also have weezer's black album oh no i forgot yep i was hoping if we didn't talk about it we'd forget about it oh we will talk about it oh no and we have a couple listener requests too so more to look forward to with those yes yes we do we're coming up almost on 70 episodes pretty soon which is really exciting thank you everybody for listening and we really can't thank you enough and the only other thing that I wanted to say, and I'll leave this very brief, I'm not going to pretend to be like an expert on it because the story is still developing at this point, but I wanted to say supporting your artists is extremely, extremely, extremely important. And what I mean by that is that recently, De La Soul had announced on their Instagram that, you know, due to sample clearance, basically, that... Tommy Boy was basically trying to get more money out of their records and really not giving giving them an equal share whatsoever. They were only going to be giving them 10% of the profits from their streaming, mm. uh, which right now De La Soul doesn't have any of their records on there, um, partially because of you know samples and all that kind of stuff, which I you know, won't, won't get into because that's just too much longer of a conversation. But anyway... Basically, Tommy Boy would have been taking 90% and De La Soul would have been getting 10%. Jeez, which, we got to work on streaming rights here. Yeah, which is ridiculous. And, you know, I just want to use this opportunity because the story is still developing at this time. Like, obviously, I want De La Soul to get what is owed to them. One of the best rap groups of all time. You know, I've done so much for the genre and they deserve to get paid and get the re- recognition that they deserve. Mm-hmm. But I just want to use this as an opportunity to say, like, support your artists, buy their stuff, go to their shows, buy their merch, buy their vinyls, do all of that. Support your artists because it's so, so important. Amen to that. All right. Um, And shout out to Ryan. I meant to mention it last episode. He was the one who told me about Clear Soul Forces. So shout out to you, buddy. I know you've given plenty of recommendations. I'm sure there'll be plenty more. You're just like a supplier here, I guess, you know, <laughs> it's not a bad thing though. I don't, th- I don't think he uh, ever gives me any bad suggestions. So, and buddy, I'm all out of coffee. Sadly, me too. It's very, very sad. Terrible. It's just, it's just looking at me with a frowny face. So you know what that means? It means we're out of tape, but Hey, we'll be back again next week on another episode of G for D AKA grounds for discussion. discussion. Bye caffeine-induced antics on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the username G4D underscore podcast. Drop us a line at G4D podcast at gmail.com if you have any music suggestions, 
general questions, or business inquiries. You can find our podcast on iTunes, and John and I would super appreciate if you rated and subscribed to our show. May your cup and heart always be full of coffee, good music, and cliche motivational ending sentences. Thanks.